everybody. Lovely to see you. Um, we're talking about that uh, reading which we've just had, which for those listening back later, assuming all the technology works, uh, was John's Gospel, chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. Of the four Gospels, the books that tell the story of Jesus' life, they're all different. We've, we've talked about this before. And Mark's Gospel was likely the earliest, probably the memoirs of Peter, written down by Mark. For those of you, I, 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 I'm led to believe that Mark was actually the son of the woman who owned the upper room where the Bibles had had the uh, last supper that night. So he was he had been involved with uh, Jesus uh, before Jesus' death. Um, Matthew's gospel was written largely to a Jewish audience and it starts with the birth of Jesus. And Luke's gospel, similarly, it's written for everybody else and it also starts with a slightly different account of the birth of Jesus. They emphasise different aspects of the life of Jesus for their different audiences. John's Gospel, John's Gospel, starts way back at the beginning, at the beginning of God's creation, of all the things we know of on our beautiful earth. John's Gospel starts in the beginning. If somebody sits down and says, in the beginning, you know that there's a story being told, don't you? You get excited because you know that there's a story on its way. And this story of in John's Gospel takes you back to the book of Genesis, when God, the Word, and the Spirit were all present. God breathed the spirit of life into his creation and ultimately into the first human beings. Human beings were made in the image of God as part of that act of creation. There were a lot of other ancient civilizations around at that time. At the time, our scriptures, our, uh, the, our Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible was being written down. And a lot of the ancient civilizations in their stories, the gods of their gods, it, it shows the gods as keeping themselves separate, abusing and abusing human beings for their own purposes, for slaves, essentially. But our God doesn't keep himself separate and never has done. The, do, the, the story that John tells in his gospel is of God introducing himself, the God-man, who becomes part of his own creation when Jesus is born on earth. He came to walk as humans walk, to really get down to the nitty-gritty of what it's like to be born on this earth. And he did so that we, not so that he could understand us, so that we would finally to get to understand what God is really all about, what he really wants for his beautiful creation. In his Gospel, John mentions the light of God a lot, including here right at the beginning. Um, and in this particular verse, verse 9, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And that was the coming of Jesus. It led me to think, I was thinking last night on about light. What we use light for and how we use it. And one of the things we do, as we all experienced last night, we use light to celebrate. Lots of people set off fireworks, don't they? And some of them sound like bombs and they're a bit frightening. Um, but you see quite a lot of fireworks and some of them are pretty and beautiful. So we use light to celebrate. 
And the most obvious thing we do with light is to enable us to do things after it's gone dark. Um, so we can actually continue to do things when the light's gone. We use light to keep us safer on our streets and we feel worried if the street lights are out, don't we? Uh, because we're worried that we, we might not see danger if there's any ar around. It makes you feel uncomfortable if you can't see what's going on. We use light to guide people who are out at sea, either to, the lighthouse warns people either that there are dangerous rocks there and to avoid it, or else they can show the way, guide the way to a harbour, which will be safer for the boat. We use light to help us look for things. Um, and it made me think actually the other day, I was seeing the light shining through the window, the sunlight, and um, thinking I really must do some dusting. Because the thing about light is it shows up stuff, doesn't it, really? And one of the reasons that as a tradition we do spring cleaning is because suddenly in the spring light you can see everything and you think, gosh, I better get on with something here. Um, I work in the health service and we use light when we want to actually look closely at something to be able to see what's wrong with it and to put it right. And we look at all sorts of bits of people in that way to try and help to put things right for people. But in our country, we're really, really lucky. And I know some of you have lived in other countries, um, particularly India, um, and we have such easy access to light in this country. Um, it might change this year as electricity light prices go up. People might have to switch the lights off more. Um, and we do get people making choices between food and power and light uh, as, as money gets tighter. But many, many people in developing countries all around the world um, are, are known as to live in light poverty. Um, if, you, if you live in light poverty, that means after dark, you can't do anything really. Um, and if you can provide or help people to, to, to access light, um, you can enable children to do their schoolwork, as you see here, and which helps them with their education and can lead them out of a life of poverty. Or help adults to continue doing their jobs after dark, perhaps when it's quieter, when the children have gone to bed and they can get on with some work or swap for, degree, for, um, for uh, education courses or whatever to improve their lives and help them to move out of poverty and get a much better and brighter future. And light is mentioned in the Bible uh, lots of times. I won't ask if you know how many verses it is because I didn't until the other day, but it's uh, in our Bible there are 232 verses that men mention the positive nature of, uh, of light, which is two-thirds of all the books in the Bible mention light. So back to thinking about Jesus, uh, from verse 4 of that reading, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Why does light give life? I think light gives life because it allows good things to be done, things to help and heal people. But one of the things that light does is to expose crimes against people. We, we, say, we have a saying that things that are done in the dark will ultimately be seen in the light. And if you can spot what's going wrong in the darkness um, then, and the crimes that are being committed against people away from public view, and it can be all sorts of things, um, then light can expose harm, but it can also result in true healing as a result of that. So God's light helps us to see clearly 
It helps us to see the world as God sees it. God's light helps us to see what's wrong, but it also helps us to see how to help to put things right. Later in his life, this is from John 8, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. By following his teachings, we start to understand how life should be lived. Jesus constantly talks about the kingdom of God as he preaches, as he walks around and preaches and talks to people. And as we learn from him how we should be living, we start to reflect the image of God to the surrounding people. And we start to see things as God sees them. We start to see other people as God sees them. And that starts to drive us to live differently. So what? It's all very interesting, but so what? What does that mean for us as we live our lives today? One of the things that Jesus said, who did Jesus say is the, are the light of the world apart from himself? Exactly. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. <coughs> Not just him. Yeah, he came into the world to bring light. But he said to us, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. It's not just about us joy enjoying the light that we've been given. It's about spreading it around. It's about it being visible to the people we meet every day. How will people know that we know Jesus until unless they see that the way that we behave is different to other people around us? How do we stand out um, unless people see that we're different in some way? As I say, Jesus constantly talks about the kingdom of God. Um, and the kingdom of God is all about truth and justice and peace and wholeness for everybody on earth. And the peace that is talked about when Jesus talks about the kingdom of God is shalom, which is the Hebrew word meaning peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, welfare, tranquility. It means fair shares for all. No hurt. No hunger, no thirst, no poverty because of unfair distribution of wealth. That's the kingdom of God. So when, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, what does it say? Your will be done, God, on earth as it is in heaven. And who's responsible for making it happen on earth? Jesus' followers. We have that responsibility. Who's this? Anybody know who this is? Come on, Bernie, you know who this is. I know who this is, yeah. Yeah, well, you, 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 you share it with everyone else. You met him, didn't you, Bernie? <laughs> yeah, it's William Booth. Yeah, it's William Booth. William Booth. And William Booth was one of the founders of the Salvation Army. And he was... Sorry? I know, I'm just coming, I'm just coming on to that. Um, he and his wife, Catherine, left a very genteel country church in I think it was Yorkshire, Brick House in Yorkshire, because they felt they weren't where they were really needed. 
um, because people were more worried about how nice the church looked than rather than what the people in the surrounding area, were, how they were coping. And William Booth and his wife were determined to follow the te- teaching of Jesus. So they both moved to East London, which was an area uh, full of poverty, alcohol abuse and crime. It was to Whitechapel. And there he set about making a difference, bringing God's light, God's healing and wholeness to people who desperately needed it. At one point, as he was walking along late at night, Bramwell, his son, pointed out destitute men sheltering and shivering under one of London's bridges. The response of William Booth was, not all, how sad. The response of William Booth to his son Bramwell was, do something. And that was the early beginnings of Salvation Army hostels <coughs> taking people off the streets. There is some, w- William Booth was a great orator, a great speaker, and he, I'm going to show you some words which I'm sure some of you will be familiar with. They always make a tingle run down my spine. He said them in a Salvation Army rally which was held in the Albert Hall in 1912. This was very shortly before the end of his life. Incidentally, for William Booth's funeral, 40,000 people attended his funeral. I think we can safely say he made an impact. And one of the people sitting in his funeral at the back, trying to hide almost, was the then Queen, Queen Mary. She was trying to make sure that she wasn't seen because it was all about this man. (coughs) While his coffin was uh, in state, lying in state, 150,000 people filed past. But anyway, this speech that he made at this last Salvation Army rally that he attended in 1912, as I say, shortly before the end of his life, and as I say, some of you will know these words, but they give me a tingle every time I hear see them. While women weep, as they do now, have fights. While children go hungry, as they do now, have fights. When men go to prison, in and out, in and out, as they do now, have fights. While there is a poor lost girl upon the streets, while there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I'll fight. I'll fight to the very end. We're just going to show a short video just reflecting on those words. It's actually, a, a, as far as we know, it's a real, it's a real recording of that particular event. children go hungry as they do now, I'll fight. While men go to prison in and out, in and out, as they do now, I'll fight. While there is a crooked left, while there is a poor lost girl upon the street, while there remains one dark soul without the light of God, I'll fight. I'll fight to the very end. 
I will fight. I'll fight. I'll fight. To keep families together. I'll fight to make sure all children have a good start in life. I'll fight because everyone needs loving and stable relationships and friendships. I'll fight. I will fight. For those suffering with mental health issues and addictions. I'll fight. To support prisoners and their families. I'll fight to support men and women in the armed forces. I'll fight. I'll fight. I will fight. For problem gamblers and their families. I'll fight to help people so far in debt they can't see their way out. I'll fight to protect people who are being exploited, like victims of human trafficking. I'll fight. I will fight. I'll fight. I'll fight for people who have no voice of their own, like asylum seekers, for homeless people and people on the margins of society. Because some people just don't have the opportunities that we're all entitled to. I'll fight. I'll fight. Do you know what? I'll fight. I'll, I'll fight. fight. I'll 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 fight. I